Over my shoulder column for March 13, 1995, women's suffrage, its time had come. This year we celebrate the 75th anniversary of the ratification of the 19th Amendment, which gave women the right to vote in 1920. In New York State, women had been voting since 1917, and indeed this area of Upper New York State saw many battles waged in the war for suffrage. One of its champions, Susan B. Anthony, had her early education in women's suffrage on her family's farm in southwest Washington County. Coincidentally, the 19th Amendment was ratified on her 100th birthday. From its heavily Quaker roots and its influx of Methodism in the early 1800s, this region had grown to be a hotbed of abolitionist activity, along with which grew suffragism. While the cause of women's suffrage would not tear the community apart, as did abolitionism with its deep hatred based on race, those who promoted suffrage were treated to an almost equal hatred. What? A woman vote? was the standard know-nothing cry of the day. In the decades after the Civil War, the suffrage movement began to gain force, and by 1900, women and men alike were joining in the cause. Just as in the 1850s and early 1860s before the Civil War, when famous abolitionist speakers such as Frederick Douglass came to Fort Edward to speak, now the greater Glens Falls area saw famous suffrages come here. In the fall of 1900, Anthony and Senator Chauncey Depew spoke at large suffrage rallies throughout the region. The crowds were enormous, enthusiastic, and ready for change, charged by the then 80-year-old Anthony. But why did it take so long for the movement to gather greater steam in this area and elsewhere? Well, a very deep resistance, of course. But another problem was the distraction of some success women from the Civil War onward were achieving in greater freedoms and greater opportunities outside the home. In the 1870s, women gained the right to own property in the state, and they began to go to work in new textile factories. Then, inventions such as the typewriter and the telephone opened careers for secretaries and operators, among others. Jobs became the thin edge of the wedge for women's progress in work. Also, from the late 1860s, the pre-Civil War reading and sewing clubs and church circles would multiply by the first decades of the 20th century into organizations such as the Eastern Star, Catholic Daughters, Hadassah, the Hospital Guild, the DAR, Women's Christian Temperance Union, which had strong links to the suffrage movement, the Women's Civic Club, and on and on. Then, too, from the renewed fight for women's suffrage in the early 20th century, new organizations emerged, representing competing philosophies on how to win the vote. While a branch of the National American Women's Suffrage Association, NASA, existed in the Glens Falls area, other groups, such as the Political Equality Club, emerged. The chapters of Warren and Washington counties of NASA had their own newspapers, and the Hudson Falls and Fort Edward members were absolute firebrands. In March 1917, the Hudson Falls Political Equality Club ran a suffrage school, and 1,049 women enrolled. In Glens Falls, the names of prominent women who had done so much to found or build women's organizations, can be found in the suffrage movement. 
Eva Austin Judkins, the first woman president of the Glens Falls Board of Education, Helena Norris Whitney, Estelle Palmer, and Josephine Demarest, all founders of the Glens Falls chapter of the Red Cross, and so many more that I beg forgiveness for the names not presented. Interestingly enough, Though Glens Falls had a tremendous number of women and men supporting suffrage, Warren County as a whole was less supportive. In the state vote on suffrage in November 1917, Glens Falls voted yes, but the proposition in Warren County as a whole went down by 19 votes. In neighboring Washington County, it passed overwhelmingly. It also passed statewide, and the women of this area went on to fight for the victorious passage of the 19th Amendment in August of 1920. Here's an end note. My father's mother, Anne Green King Fitzpatrick, turned 36 years old just three days after the 19th Amendment's adoption on August 26, 1920. She voted every year until her death in 1985. In future podcasts, I'll share more stories of local suffragist organizations. And happy 100th anniversary to the 19th Amendment. Get out and vote! Hi, I'm historian and author Joe Gutschall King. Thanks for being with me on this Back Over My Shoulder podcast. In each podcast, I'm reading my Over My Shoulder columns published in the Post-Star of Glens Falls, New York, from 1994 to 2003. This podcast features my March 13, 1995, Over My Shoulder column on the 75th anniversary of the Women's Suffrage Amendment, the 19th Amendment. Its adoption was certified on August 26, 1920. As we celebrate the 19th Amendment's 100th anniversary now, let us all honor it and those who struggled for 42 years to get it adopted by registering to vote and then voting in every election. Claim your right as an American.